Here, wow. Welcome to This Here Wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage, the Jen Schulte team, leading you home. This Here Wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places, and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. Or, if you're planning on being here at some point, things you want to make sure you experience once you've arrived. I'm Dean Holland the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week from the comfort of Studio 11. You know, when I was in my youth, my early youth, shopping for food was more often than not a trip to the Dominion grocery store. I remember going there often with my mother. I remember what the store looked like. Uh, I recall the label on the Dominion brand pop, the paper bags, the parking lot. For the most part, that was what getting food supplies meant to me each week. When I'd visit my grandparents, however, a Saturday would occasionally include a trip to a farmer's market. It was in the parking lot of a downtown mall, small booths or tents scattered all around, each one offering slightly or sometimes vastly different produce or specialties. Grandma led the way. Grandpa and I would be in charge of carrying the bags. Ultimately, the trip would end up with some sort of culinary treat we'd enjoy either right there or as soon as we got home. I loved those days. When I turned 20 and was living out on my own, I wasn't far from the downtown core of Hamilton. Yep, that's this fellow's hometown, which has had for decades its own year-round, indoor, three-day-a-week farmer's market. That market truly became part of my existence. I'd go there at least once a week, at least over the years, I came to know many of the vendors personally, knew the layout as well as my own apartment, and had lots of favorites. I suppose if I'm going to be perfectly honest, it's one of those things I miss most since relocating up here to South Georgian Bay almost 20 years ago. Thankfully, however, SGB is blessed with not one, not two, but a number of farmer's markets scattered all around it. A farmer's market, in my mind, is definitely a wow and that's what this episode is all about. Getting to know the rather exceptional farmer's market scene right here in SGB. This episode will be wows within wows, really, with each market being similar in nature, but having its own unique personality. While it was simply not practical for me to reach out and chat with every one of them, I managed to speak to a few of them. One thing that you'll find they all have in common is market pride. <laughs> sort of a, a friendly bit of competition, if you will, all the while in support of each other. Each of the market managers I spoke to were pretty biased towards their particular market. I suppose I wouldn't expect otherwise. So grab your favorite reusable bag or basket, maybe a wagon or the like, a good pair of walking shoes, and let's get going, shall we? This here, this here, this here, wow. So again, all these glorious farmer's markets that operate throughout SGB are the same but different. What I did was reach out to as many as I could manage from different areas of South Georgian Bay and pretty much ask the same question, that being what it was that made their particular market unique. And I got some pretty neat answers. First up is one of the longest operating in SGB, the Cremor Farmers Market. This is one of two markets in the area that operate on Saturday mornings from the May long weekend until Thanksgiving. Now, not only is Helen Martin the Cremor Market Manager, she's also on the Board of Directors for Farmers Markets Ontario, which proved to make her a wealth of information. Helen was a great one to start the conversation, I have to say. The Cremor Market was started by 
a vendor, a lady who wanted to sell her produce and a couple of her and her friends, they were young moms and they had kids at home, but they were doing things, you know, on the farm. And so they wanted to sell. And so Sandra Lackey with some of her friends uh, started the Cremor Farmers Market, um, what, 24 years ago, like in 1997. So uh, yeah, it's been around and it's been going every year since then. And we even started a winter market now, which uh, we take a bit of a break in the spring and the fall. And then we start the winter market in the beginning of December. Oh, great. And how's that? Uh, how's that been received? It's been good, except for COVID. We had to, st- we had to stop during COVID because it was indoor. So we're hoping that this winter we can go back to the station on the green where we did it before and uh, have that uh, space available to us to continue with the market. Gotcha. Now, the summer market just opened up recently, I guess, a couple of weekends ago. Is that right? We go from May long weekend until Thanksgiving weekend. And how has it grown over the years? I mean, I can only imagine that it has. It's grown and changed. and Oh, it grows and changes all the time. And that's what markets are. Because markets are often an entry level for new farmers, new crafters, new bakers. And uh, so once they get bigger and they need, they have more produce and they need to move more produce, they don't come to the Cremore Farmers Market because we only have like about 300 people go through, not 10,000. So, you know, they then have to move to a larger city market where more people will go through the market. Like our market will always be a small market, uh, but it's good because we're, we're the entry level. And, and if they move on to a bigger market, we know it was a success for them and for us. Mm-hmm. So are most of the people who are at the Cremor market then, as far as vendors are concerned, are most of them going to be uh, very local? Yes, we we take local vendors. We we try to keep it within a hundred miles of Cremor, a hundred kilometers. We do get applications from other areas. So if we got an application from Niagara uh, for a fruit farmer to come up, although uh, they're not going to come to Cremor, they're going to come to Collingwood. Where, but if we can get the entice them to drop off stuff in Cremor on the way to Collingwood which is, would be great for us and for Collingwood and for the farmer uh, if they have more customers going through. Uh, yeah, we do take, we, but every vendor is chosen specifically by the criteria that, uh, that meets the needs of our market. Gotcha. And how do you figure out that, that balance? What balance are you looking for? Well, first of all, public health demands that we're 51% farmers and they want to see that list. If we are 51% farmers, then we get exempt the Food Premises Act. If we are not 51% farmers, then we have to put in a special application and all our food vendors and uh, have to apply through public health to be okayed for markets uh, in the summer or year out, year round. And if we um, get the designation, then what it helps is that farmers who want to add value added uh, products, like if you sell uh, a lot of, uh, if you grow a lot of cucumbers, 
well, maybe you want to make pickles as well so that you can sell pickles at the market. Well, anything, anything that's food, prepared food, has to be done in a certified commercial kitchen. So if we don't meet the 51%, then the farmer cannot do those pickles at home. If we meet the 51%, he can do those pickles in his, in his farm kitchen and sell them at the market. And that's quite okay. Gotcha. So that's why that magic number is very important to us. Because we are entry level, we can then also bring in an entry level baker who maybe doesn't have the resources to bake in a commercial kitchen, but by the end of the summer will be able to do that, you know, or um, we've had many success stories at the Cremor Farmers Market. We had one baker, Amy, she made, all she made was cupcakes and she was with us one summer, sold out every Saturday. And by the end of the summer, she had a bakery that she had rented in Stainer ready to go. So, you know, and then we have farmers like Fiddlefoot and, and the New Farm, which all started at the Cremor Farmers Market. But Fiddlefoot now goes to places like Orangeville and the city market, uh, the, the, the Brickworks Market. They go there because of the number of vendors or the number of customers that they will get there, you know, so they can sell all their produce. So the new farm uh, started their own entity uh, on the farm where they sell from the farm and they sell commercially. And, and so they do a big thing up on the farm every year to, to get people to come and look and buy and experience local. And so, yeah, we've had, and, there, and I could go on and on with his success stories, but those are the, those are big ones. We've had, we can't keep bread at the market because they do so well that they can't manage their own bakery, you know? <laughs> so, you know, like it's, 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 um, it's amazing how well vendors can do. So with the right product, with the right mix, and then we've had vendors who have been at the market for 24 years and they're still there because they stay small. And that's okay too, because we need them as well. It sounds like it's quite diverse. And you know what's striking me? I, I would think that the first reaction, if you lose somebody, especially quickly, that there must be um, a little bit of regret there. But it seems that you're just so proud as well of these success stories that you're really, really happy about being uh, like this, this um, entry-level market, as you call it. Yeah, we are. And and uh, what we consider ourselves is a, a community incubator for small businesses. So, you know, like when they can move on because they've been successful and not just drop out because it was a disaster, you know, it, that's that's great. That speaks to our a motto of trying to provide a, a local opportunity for people to grow and make their business a success, you know? Again, the Cremor Farmers Market is one of two in SGB that operate on Saturday mornings, and their website is cremorfarmersmarket.ca. We'll hear from the other Saturday market a bit later in the program. But first, we're going to head northwest from Cremor to a market that I'm told by its market manager might just be the coolest of them all. 
Remember I mentioned that market pride? It's sort of like uh, us each thinking that our kids are just the smartest and the best-looking ones in the pack. Yep, it's exactly like that. So here's what Ron Barnett, market manager for the Thornbury Farmers Market, had to say. I believe we have the coolest market around. Do you? Yes, we've Do got tell. a very cool vibe because we're we're on the grass in a nice little park, uh, whereas most markets are in a parking lot, cold pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when times are normal, we will have uh, entertainment, live entertainment uh, happening in the in the middle of the market. So it's it's just got a very cool vibe, and we nice we like to mix it up with our musical entertainment. Nice. And uh, yeah, I think just for that fact and, and, and that we're on a Sunday when no other market is on a Sunday, it's a great uh, way to spend uh, you know your, the middle of your day mm-hmm. on a Sunday if, it's, if the weather's nice. It's just, it's just a gorgeous place to hang out. How long has the market been running? Um, about six years now. It started off in Clarksburg at a totally different location, and then the next year it moved to uh, Thornbury, where it is right now in Smith Memorial Park, which is right off of Highway 26 between the Beaver Valley Outreach and uh, the township of uh, Blue Mountains offices. So it's a great location. Um, You know, just down the road is uh, the park with the beach and uh, on the other side of the bridge, there's the marina and another little park. It's just a great i just love thornbury it's just a great little town mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh i bet you have lots of cool vendors too we do yeah and uh, this year we've got a lot of new vendors um had a lot of interest from uh, vendors this year because i think a lot of uh these vendors are, are you know hurting they're they're trying to come back and and and, and have a business that's viable um, and they're looking for places, outlets for their, uh, for their products. So uh, we have um, about half of the market is returning vendors and then the other half are, are new, new people. So it's, it's, it's good. It keeps us uh, alive, keeps yeah. us vibrant and different. I would expect that you would have the mix of uh, uh, produce and things that you would typically get out of the ground and on the farm, but you probably have artisans as well and things like baked yes. goods and there's honeys and all that. Exactly. So we're a true farmer's market, which means that we have to maintain a ratio of 50% plus one uh, local growers and producers, which we do. And uh, the other um makeup of the market includes craftspeople, um, you know, woodworkers, um, uh, some clothing and, uh, and other items that uh, they're homemade and, and uh, you know, candles. We have uh, honey, we have uh, maple syrup, we have um, local meat producers, lamb, chicken, beef, everything you'd, you'd expect to find at a farmer's market. And, uh, and and some things you, you might not expect. So it's it's a really good mix this year of artisans and uh, and local producers. I am quite intrigued by the uh, on the grass approach because you're absolutely right. Most markets that I've been to in my life are not necessarily on the grass. So, uh, you know, that kind of makes for a, a nice casual atmosphere. Um, and people in normal times would hang around more and uh, sit on the grass and listen to the music in the center of the market 
and uh, you know, leisurely browse the market uh, vendors. And uh, yeah, it's just a great, it's a great like three hours to spend uh, an afternoon on a Sunday in the summer. It's just, just beautiful. So I think for that, for that reason alone, we, we just have a bit of a different vibe. Now, okay. right now, because of COVID, we don't have entertainment. I think in stage two of the Ontario reopening that, uh, that will allow us to have live entertainment again. Right now, we're still under some pretty restrictive rules from public health. Um, but once that's uh, allowed, we'll we'll start to have some very cool entertainment again. Well, to, well I'm going to have to start referring to it as the cool the cool market in Thornbury. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So, if you're someone who works on Saturdays and just can't get to the market in Creemore, you might consider taking in Thornbury's Farmers Market, which runs each Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Their website is thornburymarket.com. I'll post that as well as the website address for the Creamore Farmers Market on the This Here Wow Facebook page. Now I have two more market chit chats to go, which revealed a few things I really wasn't expecting. But just before I do that, there's someone I'd like to mention in the event that you're in the market to buy or sell a home. I speak, of course, of Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Perhaps you're on the lookout for a new piece of property, a residence, upsizing, downsizing. Maybe you're just in the market for something that's uh, a shorter walk to the market. Whatever the case, seems to me that the individual you want to be talking to is Jen Schulte. For 22 years now, Jen's been busy creating her rather impressive, top-producing Jen Schulte team right here in SGB. She's one of these people with a seemingly endless supply of enthusiasm, experience, and energy. And her team is certainly a reflection of all that as well. And she has a pretty great million-dollar smile, too, got to tell you. Jen plays a big part in bringing this here wow to you each week. Something she does because, well, she's a huge fan and a longtime supporter of the South Georgian Bay community, as well as its various wows, of which there are a pretty constant supply. Both Jen and I know that South Georgian Bay is so very exceptional in so many ways. SGB, the place to be. So, if you're looking to build your wealth through real estate investing, or if you're looking to buy or sell anywhere in SGB, Jen and her team will help you sell smart and buy smarter. Guaranteed. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or go to jenschulteteam.com. This here, wow! So we're talking markets this week. Farmers markets, to be specific. I've been a fan of them for a long, long time now. Most farmers markets are wows, as far as I'm concerned. So this episode is loaded with wows, because we've got farmers markets dotted throughout SGB, all offering quality, homegrown, or produced fare, but each with their own unique personality. Wows upon wows. Another of the longer-running markets in SGB, and the other one that runs on Saturday mornings, is the Collingwood Downtown Farmers Market, which was established in 2004. One of the things that Collingwood Downtown BIA manager Sue Nicholson thinks is a particular attribute to Collingwood's market is its proximity to its downtown core. But there are other attributes to be sure. Just listen. I mean, I think what's unique about ours is that it's right in the middle of the downtown business district. So it's uh, it's a reason to come downtown. It's not, but it's not the only reason. So, you know, we have people that come and they and they enjoy the market and visit with the vendors and buy their, their produce. But then they go for coffee at Espresso Post and um, 
or they uh, pick up a, a early breakfast or a lunch at one of the restaurants. And now that the patios are open, it's even better. Uh, so it's in, you know, it's a reason for us to talk about the reason, another reason to come downtown. Um, but it, it uh, and it adds to the ambience of downtown, but it's, and we really try to ensure that it is a true farmer's market, that its producers are, are um, the lion's share of the businesses there. Um, and we have, um, we have a real community of vendors. I mean, there's vendors there that have been there since the start of the market, and this is our 18th season. Um, so they're they're like neighbors. We need the first market when it opens in May. It's like, oh, I haven't seen you for you know over a year, and they and you see them you do you see them bartering between you know like <laughs> for your eggs, and you know it's so you see that type of of sharing uh, economy as well among the farmers. Uh, and then, of course, new this year is um, we, you know, we really enjoyed having the, the local cideries and wineries there for the last few years because that's an important part of our agricultural sector um, mm -hmm. in this region. Uh, but now that we can actually bring in the breweries and the distillers, they're, they're processors. I mean, they're not sourcing a lot of their product um, uh, locally, but they're still using agricultural products and they're employing local people and they're and they're their plants are right here in uh, in the area. So it's great to have them involved this year. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the landscape of the markets can change every season. But on the other hand, it sounds like you have so many regulars coming back that maybe there's not so much change. No, I mean, we've had, I think there's two new farmers that have joined us this year. Um, but most of the farmers have been there uh, for at least 10 years. Uh, and as I say, some, I look at, at Tony from D&D Meats out of the Allison area. Um, he has been there right from the start. Um, Ingrid, who um, does flaxseed oil, she has been there right from the start. So it's really exciting to have them, have them come back every year. And they just, they just love the, the sense of community. You know, it really is. They share, they share looking after each other's booths if, they, if one of them wants to take a tour of the market. I mean, what we're missing this year is we're missing um, that socialization that we usually have at the market where you're meeting your neighbors. We're still seeing some of that, but everybody's a little cautious and we've got it very well spaced out and it's it's less vendor spaces than than normal. It's about it's about 25% uh, less um, vendor space than um, than normal because of the of the COVID regulations. And you know, we have to monitor people going in and going out so that we maintain our uh, our threshold of 25%. But it's uh, it's still a, a great feeling to open that every morning and, and see them come in. And as as the um, because the, so many of them have been there for so long and they're used to their spot. I mean, you don't have to direct anyone. They just see the car come in and they know exactly where they're going. And um, so it it's it becomes very easy to uh, to manage as well, which is good for from a staffing perspective. Yeah, that, I think that's one of the things that I. And, and I'm guessing so many other people love about the market is that it's that personality, that interaction, that it's just like catching up with friends. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I mean, our customers really enjoy it because people are more and more want to know where their food is coming from, you know? So it's not, I mean, the market prices are, they're not exorbitant, but they're not inexpensive. And people are willing to pay that because they're buying it directly from the farmer. They look at this little bag of lettuce, but they know that at five o'clock in the morning, that was being harvested from the land. You know, so it's it's that sense of, of intimacy with the with the food that you eat is is really important. Too. Yeah, and you know what I see a lot to that end? I see a lot of 
families, a lot of parents with young kids taking them through. And I think it's, it almost has an educational spin on it. Oh, it certainly does. I mean, and, and the farmers just love to tell you about how they grow and how, and some of them have, have like the maple syrup um, vendor there um, has, has, a, has signage up that shows how they harvest and how they, you know, and how it turns from the, the sap in the tree into, into what they're buying out of the bottle at the, at the market, at the, at the vendor space. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm expecting, or I expect that in the area with so many markets in South Georgia Bay that there is sometimes going to be a little bit of overlap, but it does seem to me that there's also uh, each market certainly is unique and there are unique vendors that you have that don't mm-hmm. necessarily do all the other markets. That's right. That's right. I mean, and you know, right now in this region, the only market we compete with is, is Cremor and we both are longstanding markets. So there are vendors that have always done gone to Cremor and there are vendors that have always gone to, to Collingwood and some of the larger um, producers can, can, um, have staffing at both, so you'll see them at both. Again, operating from Victoria Day weekend right through to Thanksgiving weekend, each Saturday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., the Collingwood Downtown Farmers Market. For more information, you can go to collingwooddowntown.com. Now, the last of my calls was to the manager of one of the younger of the bunch, the Wasaga Beach Farmers Market. Now, right off the hop, one of the things that makes this one unique, perhaps, is its midweek schedule running Tuesday evenings from 4 p.m. until dusk. My chat with market manager Marlene Parkins revealed at least one other nifty add-on this season, which is scheduled to roll in on a weekly basis. Yeah, we try and I try and support local, meaning like the Georgian Bay. We try and stay with Saga, Collingwood, Thornbury, that area, and try to make sure that all our basics are covered, farmers, maple syrup, honey, soaps, things that people like to come, and then a few little extras. And I think this year what we're going to do is we have a lot of artisan interest. And because of the restrictions for COVID and restrictions from Farmers Market Ontario, as far as how many artisans and crafters you can have, we're still going to have crafters. We may feature them weekly and have them maybe just come once every month and that way they can let people know that they'll be back on a certain day and then we'll also allow even if they're not members of the farmers market if you know there's local artisans crafters that are trying to get their trades out there to the public so they can provide their link and a little information about their business and we'll share it on our website or if people are on our website they may see their products and just click on their link and bring them a new customer. Yeah, it sounds like it's quite the juggling act. Yeah, we try. I'm good at that. <laughs> you know, being mother of six kids plus and grandmother, you learn to juggle everything because life never goes as planned. No. So how do you make those decisions? Like, do you, I guess it changes every season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it changes based on vendors. Vendors... We keep our loyal vendors, so a, a returning vendor is definitely allowed to come back, and then we rotate the vendors, and as long as they meet the requirements that we set out, and it's not a duplication of somebody, or I shouldn't say duplication, we do have duplications, but you don't want eight bakers and two dog food vendors, and that's it, so I try and keep it a little bit, and then I let the ones know that our extras and new that sometimes we may have a regular vendor that 
needs two days off or two weeks off and they're not there for the whole season. So then we'll offer that space to somebody else. So it's still important that they send in their applications and information because even if they're not accepted right now, that doesn't mean there's no space for them. Yeah, now, and it seems to me that you're one of, maybe one of the newer markets in the area, is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think the history of Wasaga Bee, I think they had a market years ago, it was run at the Recplex, and that's probably going back maybe 15 years ago. I know our deputy mayor, uh, Sylvia Bray, and she was a member of the market at the time, so I got a little bit of history from her. I think they moved it to Stonebridge when Stonebridge opened up because they thought that would be the new part, and I don't know what happened. When I moved to Wasaka Beach, Oh, probably seven years ago, there was no farmer's market. So we went about starting one. And the first couple of years, we did have it at Beach One. We were in the Beck Street parking lot. And then we were right on the beach at Spruce Street at the Rathplex. It's been great. It's a mid sort of town. You get the east, the west. Everybody from the community likes to come there. There's lots of parking. The park is there. The Y is there. Uh, we run jazz in the park, July and August, and this year we'll have the bookmobile there for the whole season. So uh, Kathy Turi, who runs the program with the Saga Beach Public Library, is overseeing the bookmobile. And I know she's got a lot of online programs for kids, youth, senior, that'll continue throughout the summer. And then she'll be there every week also doing so it's a great community place. And that's what I wanted. I just wanted a place where, so there's food, there's music. Hopefully once COVID restrictions release, you can, we did get approval to, um, from the AGCO to make the whole market a beer garden so that we could serve, you could drink, you don't have to stay in a small, I call it a cage. And so I'm hoping to be able to do that as soon as we're allowed. Right now you can't sit anywhere. So you can't give out samples. You can buy. We do have a wine and we're looking at a cider uh, vendor coming. They can sell alcohol and you can take it home. But right now you're not allowed to drink it there. Right. And it does seem to me that uh, that's something you're seeing more of uh, in the yes. markets are the uh, those types of beverages. Yes. And this year they've added in spirits. And I don't know if it is own, like I know before the wine and the ciders were more grassroots type of wineries and cider, like the um, craft brewers. And I think the same for the spirits. I think they're looking at more places like Georgian Bay or Heretic Spirits, places like that that are distilling their alcohol here in the area. I love the dynamic. I think that's there's just something different about a, uh, going to a, a farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. And great. it's a Just, lot of friends. Help. It's, a, it's totally volunteer based. We don't get any funding from anybody. All our funding comes from our vendors. So they pay their yearly dues or their dues. And from that, we try and get whatever we can every year, whether it's, I don't know, pay for a tent or supplies. So it's really grassroots, but it's fun that way. And everybody kind of helps out. You get community volunteers coming in. So it's a great community effort through everybody as far as that. So on Tuesday nights, you can grab some fresh produce, fresh bread, and a good book to boot. Sounds good to me.
For more information, go to wasagabeachfarmersmarket.ca. Now, I'll make sure I post website addresses for each of the markets I spoke with this week on the This Here Wow Facebook page. So a quick recap that is rather simple. If you're looking for jams, honey, baked goods, homemade items, flowers, all sorts of produce, meats, arts and crafts, pet food, ethnic food, beverages of all kinds, wellness products, and more, head to one of SGB's exceptional farmer's markets. You'll also find markets in Meaford, Stainer, and New Lowell. I hope I haven't missed any. Also worth mentioning is that most of our farmers' markets are anxious for the return of some things that are currently just not allowed due to COVID restrictions. Things like live entertainment and food and drink that you can eat right then and there. Certainly looking forward to their return, but in the meantime, the farmers' markets are still wows. In the words of Helen Martin, who again is a member of the Board of Directors for Farmers' Markets Ontario, and I quote, If you want convenience, you go to a grocery store. If you want to know about the products you're buying, you go to a market. Nicely put. And with that, I'll start wrapping things up for another week. I'd like to begin by genuinely thanking each one of my guests, Helen, Ron, Susan, and Marlene. Thanks a ton for taking the time to be part of this week's episode of This Here Wow. I truly love the time we spent chatting. Even more is the tremendous appreciation I'm feeling for the contribution that you and your markets continue to make to the SGB culture and landscape. Surely you can feel it, folks. We're all pretty lucky, you and I, to be able to be here and enjoy this rather exceptional piece of geography called South Georgian Bay. You bet we are. And of course, I'll have an entirely different wow or two to bring your way next week. There's no shortage of them here in SGB, that's for sure. Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email. Dean at thisherewow.com will get that job done very nicely. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's Dean, H-O-L-L-I-N.com. And I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to the Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Go to jenschulteteam.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Steve Ritchie, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy, Mitchell. Special thanks to Ash and love to G. And a really big thanks to you too. I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of This Here Wow. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. Until next week, I'm Dean Holland. Wow!